Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents The Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Monday, brought to you in the fan by Pelican Brewing Company, born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. And boy, oh boy, did we get some big news last night. We've been wondering, we've been waiting, and the announcement officially came that our boy Josh Pate of Late Kick Live, the Late Kick Podcast, is coming to Eugene, Oregon this weekend for Oregon and UCLA. And he joins us now on the show, Pac-12 Pate himself, at Late Kick Josh. Uh, Josh, good morning to you. First off, I, I really enjoyed the show last night. I was sitting around watching Sunday Night Football. I got the notification. It's starting. I got to tune in. And I want to get to Oregon and UCLA because I don't know your history at Odson and how many times you've been out here. But I need to start. Like, that Alabama-Tennessee game is one of the greatest college football games that I have ever seen. You were on the sidelines for that. Just walk me through the emotions of everything in the day, Tennessee winning the game, carrying the goalposts of the bars and the river. Like, just what was that scene like in Knoxville this weekend? I've never seen anything like it. And I'm at a big one every week. I mean, I get to here's, – here's my situation. I get to handpick where I go every week. And so – we're at a lot of big games, a lot of big environments. I've seen Bama on the road, I don't know how many dozen times. I've never heard a place like that. You know, when I was growing up, I heard stories of what Tennessee and Neyland Stadium used to be back when they were a national power and how loud that place could be. And I've been up there a few times, and it's been impressive. But, man, it was like a different world, like a different planet Saturday. Uh, Alabama had more penalty yardage than they did rushing yardage, and that is due in large part to the environment they played in. Also an undisciplined team right now, but make no mistake, had that game been in Tuscaloosa, I don't think you're seeing 17 penalties for 130 yards. Uh, it was hard to function. The only time I've ever considered putting earplugs in, ever, <laughs> was that, that day, Saturday. But uh, i gotta, I got to tell you, when that game, when you get to a point, it's kind of weird when you look at crowd dynamics and crowd control. We've been on the field several times when fields get stormed. And you start to realize whether it's going to happen or whether it's not. And there was no question if they were going to hit that field goal, it, they were coming on the field. And Tennessee was ready for it. I mean, they already had backup goalposts made. So when that happened, it was like seeing someone take a bunch of TNT to a dam. And all of that pent-up rage and frustration from 15 years of not beating Alabama just came pouring out. I mean, so many folks were crying. You had 70-year-old people down there. You had 17-year-old people down there. Uh, it was an equal opportunity, euphoric moment for everyone. But one thing I did not know is how heavy those goalposts are. I watch on TV, and I see, you know, when they take them down and they just wobble to the left and right, it looks like glorified PVC pipe to me. And then when you actually touch one, you realize they're really, really thick, they're extremely heavy, and they don't give. 
And I, so I, I ended up pressed up against the wall with one. So I had to go with the flow. I had to go with the crowd. I had to help assist, if you will, taking those goalposts out of Neyland Stadium, <laughs> recorded it in the process, and they ended up in the river. And I didn't have an option. It may sound unprofessional, but listen, people, had I gone against the mob, the mob probably just dumps me in the river with the goalpost. So I played it smart. I played it cool. I raised my torch and my pitchfork, and I said, let's go, guys. Let's go to the river. I love Wait, that. Why did they throw them in the river? Is that like a thing in, in Tennessee? I think if you need to ask the question, you're not ready for the answer. Yeah, okay. I, I think that's, that's a fair. valid point. I okay. love that the AD already sent out a message, too, asking for donations for the next goalpost in unique ways that people can pay money to help them get it. Now, let me ask you this, Josh. We've got something kind of brewing on the show, a, a topic that I, I think one thing and my co-host thinks another. Where's Josh paid on this Mr. College football? So Bama Falls, I'd kind of like Tennessee, and then I cowered out on Friday when I heard Bryce Young was going to play but I love that the ball stepped up and they got that win. I think college football is more open than we think. My co-host seems to believe no matter what, at the end of the day, we're getting Georgia and we're getting Alabama. Nothing has changed here. How are you viewing the college football season so far? Do you think it's more open in terms of teams that can actually compete and win the championship, maybe not the usual suspects in the playoff? Where are you at on that? I am shocked that you guys are asking me this because you know my life philosophy is – do not talk playoff before Halloween. And so I'm going to venture purely into hypothetical land and borderline uncharted waters for me. I think we may still be there. I mean, we may still get to a place where it's Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or Clemson or some combination in the playoff. But to me, that's, that's possible even if the other thing is true, too. We could have a lot more balance in the sport this year than you're used to, and they still be the best teams. So the best teams always have the highest percentage chance of making it to the playoff. But there's a big difference in the gap being 14 points and the gap being six points and whatnot. So I, we've seen we've seen Alabama staggered. We've seen Georgia staggered. But those guys almost lost to Missouri a couple of weeks ago. So Ohio State struggled in week one against Notre Dame. I think Ohio State's the one that people are watching right now. Because if we see Ohio State, it seems unlikely, but if we see them stumble, even in a win, if we see them stumble, I think that will signify that the entire landscape is wide open this year, and it's anybody's ball game. Now, that that doesn't mean they're not still the favorites, but yeah, I think that both things are true. I think you got the highest percentage chance of still seeing the same teams in there at the end of the year, but you've also got a higher percentage chance of seeing big upsets week to week. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing right now. It's a good position in the sport. Josh Pate is our guest, Lake Kick Live, Lake Kick Podcast. He's coming to Eugene, Oregon this weekend for Oregon and UCLA, and we're excited to host him here in the state of Oregon at Lake Kick Josh on Twitter. We'll give him a follow. I, I did want to ask you about that Michigan game. I didn't really know what to make of the Wolverines. All excited to watch that one. Top 10 matchup, and I don't, I, you know, they really hadn't beaten anybody. They're kind of going off of what they did last year, and they just, I mean, they took them behind the woodshed. That score was really misleading at the end of the first half. The numbers were dominant in favor of Michigan. Were you surprised at how one-sided that game was? Uh, very surprised, yeah. I expected Michigan to win a close game, and about the only thing I got right is Michigan won. When they got to halftime, I don't know if you guys saw that video of the little dust up in the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when they got to halftime, and it was only 16-14, to 14, and I say only very sarcastically, it was only 16 to 14. Your eyes may have looked at that scoreboard if you weren't watching the game and said, oh, look, it's a razor type game there in Ann Arbor. And it wasn't. Michigan had an 18 to 1 first down edge at halftime. The only way that Penn State had scored 
was a, a really look. Well, I'm not going to say lucky. It was a 62 yard run by Sean Clifford with a knee brace on. So that's great, but it was never going to happen again. They had a ball tipped up in the air 14 times and taken back to the house. So that's great, but that's never going to happen again. Nothing Penn State did in the first half was duplicable. What Michigan was doing was basically cooking them. And Penn State's all excited at halftime like the frog in the pot of boiling water because the water had only gotten warm. So they don't even know they're getting boiled to death, but they've already started to die. And then in the second half, I mean, Michigan ends up running for over 400 yards. They had, they had, I think, three or four guys top 60 yards on the ground. So it was a really, really thorough performance. And now it starts to set up the hierarchy in that division over there. But the other thing is Penn State, they're going back home. They got Minnesota this Saturday night. That's the whiteout game. Mm-hmm. And then they've got Ohio State the next week. So this was the beginning of a critical three-game stretch for them. And you could see them totally out of the picture after the next 7 to 14 days. But with Michigan, I said this in August, and I'm only reaffirming my stance now. I think this team's ceiling is higher than last year, and that team went to the playoff. I think this team, even losing Aiden Hutchinson and Ojabo to the draft, they, in the aggregate, I think have fortified and upgraded their team. And I think finally you're starting to see them flex a little bit. One of the big, one of the big flaws some college football fans make is just because you hadn't played anyone, they think that's an indictment on your team. Like the Buffalo Bills could descend to the Big Ten, and I guarantee you if they played five cream puffs the first five weeks, no matter that your eyeballs told you, wow, that's an actual NFL team playing college football, some dude in the comment section would say, well, they hadn't played anyone. It's like you could play who's on your schedule, man. Good, You can be a very good team and also have not played anyone yet. So I think that's what Michigan was until last week. All right, look, you're coming to Eugene this week. This is a big moment for us on the West Coast. We don't get people like you to come out here very often. Game day is going to be here as well. So it's a big, big game. I, I, I guess I'd ask you on this Monday, uh, one, I am curious, what day are you actually going to be in town, in Eugene, doing the show, getting ready, seeing the environment, and then also – What's your Monday read on UCLA-Oregon? This spread is six. I'm confused by that. What's your read on the matchup? Well, first off, in 30 seconds, why does it confuse you? Um, because I think UCLA is a, a pretty good football team. They got They're a, similar to Michigan. They got similar that. to Michigan. Everybody said oh, they didn't play anybody, and they played two teams, and they beat them both. And, and they be, and they played really well. And so now, yeah, Autzen is a – It's. I think you're going to discover. It's one of the loudest environments you've ever been in. It's a great stadium. It's a great venue. But – you know, Chip Kelly's got a team of just experience. You got Bobo out there. You got Charbonneau. You got DTR. I mean, this team's not coming in wide-eyed freshman. This is an experienced team that's played in Eugene before, and I just it kind of feels like a field goal game. Maybe I'll be wrong on that, but that's why. Okay, I agree with that. So whatever value you give home field advantage, that's what I would make the line on this game. So I would say three and a half or four because uh, that's what an odds maker would claim the value of Austin Stadium is. And then I would hear a bunch of Duck fans disagree with that, and that's great. That's college football. So we're going to get out there. We're going to do the show in Nashville Thursday night, and then I'll fly out Friday morning. Should be there midday to do some live hits for CBS. I've never been out there before. I've never been to the state of Oregon before. Pathetic though that may be, I've never been out there before. So I'm very much looking forward to this. And I also think that, you know, when you talk about home field, usually the kind of folks who handle the road the best are the more veteran-type players. Uh, DTR is one of those, obviously. You'd mentioned Charbonnet, but also I think that it's really interesting when you get to see a veteran coach like Chip Kelly against a rookie coach like Dan Lanning. And the rookie coach happens to be the one that the odds say should be favored. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. That's always a fun dynamic to be able to watch an opposing coach with all these years under his belt 
sell his team on the fact that we're going on the road, backs against the wall, us against the world. They don't think we can win. Folks, I mean, especially with 18- to 22-year-olds, that stuff matters more so than it does in the pros. I think it's going to be an excellent game. I would be very surprised if that's some 17- to 20-point margin either way. Mm. Well, I, I know I'm breaking out the, uh, the white shirt to wear for the pregame show Saturday down at Odson <laughs> yeah. so I can get a photo with Josh Bate rocking my white T-shirt. <laughs> we'll do the pregame show down there, so I'll see it. Now, you got a bit of a beef with college game day, don't you? Isn't like they won't let your signs up or something like that? Well, here's the problem, okay? Last year, our fans started inundating college game day with Pate State signs and late yeah. kick signs in the background. And so they issued a ban. They dropped the ban hammer on us, and I get it. But then I start getting my phone blown up a couple days ago. It seems that game day had used one of my clips on the broadcast. Ooh. And so it's, hmm. it's complicated. It's like that relationship where – you keep seeing the text bubbles, but then she backspaces, and I don't know where we stand right now. <laughs> it's complicated as your relationship status with College Game Day. That's a great place to be, is it not? It's complicated. I, it's a place to be. I don't know if it's great, but it's a place to be. Oh, man, I love it. Well, I don't know if you're into beer. I don't know if you're into weed, but we got them both, and they're great in the state of Oregon, and so we can't wait. I, the, the fact that this is your first trip out, I know it was music to the ears of Pac-12 fans that they want Pac-12 paid to be a thing. And you've trademarked it now. It's officially a yep. thing. You're on your way to the West Coast. And so we're excited to host you in the state. It should be a great game. 12:30 kick. Otson's going to be rocking. The weather's going to be great. Look forward to meeting you down there. And thanks, as always, uh, for hopping on the show and continued success, man. We always enjoy the conversation. I appreciate it, guys. Can't wait to get out there. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 